Matthew chapter 6 is where we'll get our jump off start, I think. Actually, yeah, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. I thank God for he cares. I experienced a little bit of what Glenn was speaking of in Peter's life. And then also in Ezekiel's, I mean, sorry, the uh, passage of Scripture where Esau sought for repentance, sought a space for repentance. And, um, you know, he didn't find it. And I thank God that, and, and just because, you know, you go out and sin and you sin willfully, don't mean, and then you feel sorry for it. Don't mean that God's going to let you repent right then. Amen. He may just let you wallow in your sorrow for a while, and then to the place where you are really, 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 really seeking Him for that space of repentance. And thank God when it does come. Um, and then, uh, so that 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 verse really rung true. In my heart, and then uh, also, as always, that, that fourth verse is why I use it oftentimes at a graveside service if the family allows me to sing. Uh, sometimes graveside service is a little awkward. Uh, other times, you know, and then, you know, especially, I mean, I was, I was saying that at lost people's funerals uh, at the graveside because I can't, I can't do nothing for the lost, but I can try to give hope. To the set to the to the living, I mean, say can't give any hope to the to the, those that are dead and in the casket that were at the graveside, but to the living that Jesus does care for them in their grief, Amen. and if they'll seek Jesus, they'll find some help and find some strength, and that's my that's my desire when I preach and sing and and do that at, at funerals and try to give some folks a, a little comfort and and point them to where the comforter is and who the comforter can be found in, and that's. Jesus Christ, and then he gives us the Spirit, which is his comforter. So, Friday the 12th, Lisa and I, she had a desire to try to get away for a night, even if it was local, uh, because of being cooped up for the whole month of December. Although she is enjoying the fact that she was cooped up the whole month of December now, uh, it was made, a suggestion was made by a friend of the family. They, they stopped in for several hours one day, Brother Dale Maney and his wife, and I guess they had seen maybe in conversation, I was gone most of the day at work, but uh, in conversation, you know, we have a curio cabinet where Lisa and I had gotten one of those um, things where you hold, you know, you do castings of your hands and feet and things like that. And so Lisa and I held hands for a little while, stuck it down in that goop until it formed around our hands. And then we poured the plaster of Paris type stuff back down in there and cast it in our hands. And we've got it there in our curio. So that probably is how it come about. I don't know, but uh, Mrs. Maney, while she was sitting in our living room, suggested that Lisa get a cast for um, and do that with her parents. And um, so Sister Pam, I was there bringing the meal that day, actually, and I, again, don't know how the conversation happened, but one was provided, and I appreciate that. And, and, uh, and now that she's not with us, then... You know, as we look at the cast of their three hands together, that makes that means so much more in her life. But anyway, I said all that. Say this because she, you know, when we we took them to um, to Missouri on the first, my three day weekend. Then I had that second three day weekend uh, on the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. Then no, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Whatever it fell in. The 15th was on Monday, yeah. So on the 12th, right. 
So we, we went up to Guthrie, spent the night up there, and then on our way back from Guthrie, that's when we found out that Mrs. Hall had been taking ICU and was not doing well, and was probably so we just did made the quick turnaround and went up to up to Missouri. <clears throat> but the night of the thirteenth, early morning hours, should be of the thirteenth. God woke me up, and I began to pray, and oftentimes do pray when you know I wake up for no reason at all. You ask Lisa if it's time to go to sleep, I go to sleep. I mean, I'm a history most of the time. You know, it, it's lights out, say her good nights, hit the pillow, and I'm gone. She, has to, she lays there a while, and I'm not that way. And I normally sleep all night long, no problem. And, uh, but when I wake up, oftentimes um, it's God wants me to pray. And I'll say, all right, Lord, <laughs> who do you want me to pray for? And, you know, ask that the Spirit guide me as to who to pray for, and, and I pray until I felt that he's done for me praying and, and for who to pray to. And, and all, the first time I ever experienced that, I, I, I don't know if I ever met the woman. I might have met her once, just in passing. But uh, a preacher in Chattanooga, Tennessee, his, uh, we were in, in a, mission, a Bible conference at his church, and uh, he... He put out to the preachers that were there to really pray for his daughter. He didn't say exactly what, but she needed prayer. And then it was months afterwards. Just And I, like I said, I probably didn't even know her. Months afterwards, first time I think the Lord really woke me up to just with a burden to pray for somebody I didn't even know. Not knowing what was going on or anything. But then in the middle of the night, prayed for her. And then and eternity will tell what she was going through that particular night when God woke me up. But I woke up and I prayed on the, on the early morning of the 13th. And as I was ending my prayer, I prayed, God, will be, God you know, thy will be done. I prayed for Mrs. Hall, prayed for others, Brother Hall. But Mrs. Hall was in the hospital. We knew that. And then later on we find out, you know, we make the trip and we found out all that we found out, and we made the trip, and she passed that evening. But as I began to, when I, and I ended my prayer with, Thy will be done, the Holy Spirit said, That's it. <laughs> That's what I want you to understand. And I began to think about this particular passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6, which we're familiar with. And we understand it as the model prayer. Brother Glenn just finished John chapter 17. And that is the Lord's Prayer because it is his prayer as recorded by John, a direct prayer to God the Father in heaven. And God allowed John to record that, Jesus' words there in the book of John. And, and I appreciate the points that Brother Glenn had pointed out as he was in John chapter 17. But... Here in Matthew chapter 6, and then also we see it in Luke. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Luke 11, uh, the, the model prayer. The disciples ask here in Matthew chapter 6 about prayer. And... Um, No. Anyway, he, he gives the example about prayer. He just, he is, he, there's no disciples asking about it. He just starts off here in verse number six, or verse number one of Matthew 6 Take heed that, that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of, God, of your Father which is in heaven. That's our giving. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do. Look what I'm giving. As the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they, may ha that they may have glory of men, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, let thine, uh, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. 
And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, there is public prayer. I just, this side note. And, and I, brother, brother Gary Schock, he, he come from Michigan. They, they do things different in Michigan. He, he first pastored in South Carolina. And from Michigan, a Michigander, a man from Ypsilanti, Michigan, down in South Carolina, and just the, the order of services was different in the, in the churches. And, and that was the first time he experienced a whole congregation of men in an altar praying out loud, every one of them. And, um, and I know here we have Brother Glenn prays out loud. I pray out loud when we have our public prayer. But it's not that we are praying to be heard. I often check myself. And I often make sure if I'm praying a certain way, I, I will just pray silently and then re- regain, re- you know, resume praying out loud. But I do check myself that am, am I praying to be heard? And then if you're hearing me pray, I mean, if you're done praying, that's one thing. But if you're praying and then you're, you're, at least you're kneeling in prayer, kneeling as you're praying and you're just listening to other people instead of praying yourself, maybe pray out loud too. There is a time to pray out loud, but we ought not to do it as this here where they have a, a desire to be heard. Because it says, but then he gives the example. And, and I, there's public praying and there's private praying. And here's what he says about private praying. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Prayers can be concise, should be concise. Prayers should be thought about, as I've mentioned before, that devotion about stop, think, and pray, or sing, think, and pray. Stop or sing, prepare your hearts to pray, think about what you're going to pray about, and then pray about it. Be concise, be particular in your praying. Uh, There's a, speaking of Tennessee accents we spoke of earlier, there's a a preacher's pastor's wife there in, in Tennessee that, um, and, and I'm not making fun of her, but people have the word, have problems with the word specifically. And she, and, and you got to hear just hear her accent, she says specifically. And she, they were, Lisa and the Island Ford ladies went to a ladies meeting down at their church, and, and she was encouraging the ladies along the lines of prayer and she said, remember, ladies, if you want uh, God to answer your prayer specifically, you've got to pray specifically. <laughs> and so you bring that up every now and then. Specifically. Specific praying for specific answers. Verse number 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He already knows, but he wants to hear it from you. After this manner, so here's the example in our prayer. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. So he doesn't say, ought you to pray. I mean, he just says, pray ye. So that almost comes out as a commandment. After this manner, therefore, pray. He's saying how we ought to pray. Jesus Christ, you got your red letter edition. It's him speaking, and he's telling us how we ought to pray. After this manner, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I have taken this, broke it all down. We've gone through it before. But the next one, verse number 10 there, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And as I was praying that night, God said just, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And I must have repeated that in my head a good dozen times. 
because I, I broke that down, thy will be done, thy will be done in earth, thy will be done in heaven, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And you got to think about the sovereignty of God, the omnipotence of God, his power, the omnipresence of God. He already knows omniscience. He already knows what we have need of before we ask him. You see all that in those verses there. And Jesus says, we ought to pray, thy will, talking about the Father, be done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day. I pray and ask that you'll guide and direct in the remaining thoughts. Move among us, Lord, and help us in our prayer life. Help us in our walk and, uh, and, and, and our, our uh, following of you and your precepts. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. So I, I, my, in, my, in my study program, I... I use eSword. It's just, I have all those books back there, and I have a lot of those books um, available just at a click and put it all together. Most of the time, like I said, if you, it's just scripture references just to get through it faster. But every now and then I put something to kind of, but as I, you can, you can put it in there by scripture reference. So I looked up Matthew chapter 6, verse number 10, and I already had preach somewhere along the way on our will. <laughs> and so what I did to, to retain this is I just went below it, drew a line, and put God's will be done. So when I, and I can't remember if I preached it here, I need to start making a little bit better notes there, where I preached this probably here in the last four years. But when I preached this here, I said, our will, I said, we have a free will, self-will, we should be yielded to God's will, gave the definition of our will, and then, and then that was the message the first time around. But I want us to focus a little bit more in on God's will. We are to seek his will. Thy will be done. Is Christ's admonition to his disciples... As the Sermon on the Mount continues, this is the passage of Scripture there, that we ought to pray God's will be done. And it's difficult when, you're, when you have a loved one in the hospital, when you have two loved ones that knowing that their health is declining to the place where you could get the phone call. And then sometimes you, it just out of the blue, it's an accident. We don't understand. But in, in the whole process, as you go through the examination of the funeral, and maybe you go the, under the examination of, of the news that hits you and your family, of some disease, of some, uh, of some uh, ailment, some injury, something that befalls your family and you begin to pray, we need to be reminded to pray as Christ tells us to that God's will be done. Is it, a, is it an easy thing? No. I put here somewhere we... We are to seek the will of God. I'm going to get to this in a minute. We are to seek the will of God and be acceptant of it. That's the hard part. There's the example. We're to seek it. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So in earth where we live, in earth where our lives happen, in, life, in, in earth where circumstances around us are happening, we're to pray for God's will. And then we're to accept it as it happens. That's the difficult part. There was a song shared with Lisa, and it's the Kingsman, I believe. If you only knew... 
you know, you've prayed for my healing. And all this, those kind of phrases are in that song. But the healing never came. But if you only knew what I'm experiencing now on life's other side, and that's kind of the gist of the song. And there are songs along those lines that bring comfort to us and help us out, but still at the same time, sometimes our understanding, we just try to grasp for a, a straw of understanding as to why God will allow this to happen, as to why God would, you know, uh, bring this at this time in our lives. There's the adage, hindsight's twenty twenty. I like the one song where it talks about the valley and getting through the valley and looking back and understanding that this valley was for me. And it was during that, that valley that God was working in certain ways in my life. And though you didn't understand it while you're passing through the valley, when you look back down upon it, you've seen God's hand in it. We might not see that on this life. We may have to wait till we get to the other side to understand fully what God is doing during that time and that trial of our life. There's a this valley is for me, and then there's one um, about the valley. Um, it's talking about the valley from God's point of view. <laughs> and these are songs that people have just taken and and just thought about and, and put into words and, God's, and, and people has found comfort from, but sometimes it's still difficult when you're going through those things. So Christ here is, is saying God, and admonishing on the Sermon on the Mount for his disciples to pray, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In Luke chapter 11, he, uh, Luke writes it this way, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. A little bit different wording there, same principle, same teaching there by Luke. But we see in Christ's example, and it was kind of, you know, we see, we're beginning to see, and Peter didn't understand, and we're going back to our Sunday school hour, Peter didn't understand None of the disciples understood. They had a, a certain understanding of the Messiah when he came, that he would set up his kingdom. They didn't understand it was a heavenly kingdom. They didn't understand that he must need, when he was told, I must need to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. They didn't understand that. We don't understand some things that is God's will, are God's will. Until oftentimes we get down the road and then sometimes we just have to still wait for the understanding. Like the song says, we'll understand it better by and by. But we see Christ submitting. We see Christ's example in Christ submitting to the will of God. In John chapter 4 and verse number 30, uh, the, uh, he, he Christ submitted to the Father's will in his work, John chapter 4. Then they went out of the city, talking about the disciples, and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples uh, prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, his disciples, uh, therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do, here it is, the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. This, that, was, that was Christ's submission to the Father. The Son's submission to the Father's will was to do, him, to do the will of him that sent him and to finish his work. All that Christ done was of the Father's will. All the works that he did was of the Father's will. He, uh, even there in, in his early life, when, I'm trying to think where it's at, it's not in my notes, but when as a 12-year-old boy, that, I couldn't remember, it's Matthew or Luke, 
But uh, as I read both together whenever I read them. When as a 12-year-old boy he got separated from his family, <clears throat> there it is, and uh, let's see here, verse 46, and it came to pass after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? Now, in verse 48, the father is lowercase, talking about Joseph, the man that God allowed to be put in Christ's life to raise him. Uh, in his home, but we know that, that the Heavenly Father, that God was his Father, and we see that that distinguished by the capital F there in verse 49. He's talking about God. He must be about his Father's business. Everything that Christ did from youth up, it was about his business and about his will for him in this life. So we see Christ's example about his work, and we also see Christ's example of following God's will in his death. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus saith, uh, then cometh Jesus with them into the place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Set ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the, uh, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Matthew 26, 42, And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And then... Matthew 14, I'm sorry, Mark 14, 36. We see Mark's account. We see Luke's account here. Mark's account 14, 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but as thou wilt, but what thou wilt. And then Luke 22, 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And we know that it was the will of the Father... And he submitted to his will. He is the example of what he gave instruction to in Matthew chapter 6. We're to pray not uh, thy will or thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In eternity past, before the foundations of the world, sometime. It was already predetermined by God that he should suffer and he should die. But Christ in his humanity, as we studied on our Wednesday in our Wednesday night study, still was in the flesh and still understood or still felt the sufferings in the flesh and of the flesh. He was 100% man and 100% God, 100% God, 100% man. And in his humanity, he submitted. And in his humanity, he suffered. And, it, and, and we see that. Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the, this present evil world according to the will of God, and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It was according to the will of God and our Father that Christ must suffer, must give himself, give himself for our sins to deliver us from the evil of this present world. It's the will of the Father. We see that, uh, the will of the Father in his death. We see the will of the Father. He submitted to the will of the Father in his work. We see it in his judgment. 
He again, he, he is going to be judged, but he's going to judge according to the will of the Father. John chapter 5, verse 26. Whereas the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which that we are, uh, that all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, hallelujah, uh, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So he seeks the will of the Father in judgment. He seeks the, and it's the will of the Father that, uh, that, we should be resurrected. John chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye, have, uh, that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. That of all which, uh, which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Hallelujah. What scriptures. And it's belief. I mean, the gospel message here is that, that God is not willing. We're talking about the will of the Father. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We read about. And, that, and we see that here in, that John, in, the, in those passages of John. Of course, the other, what I just, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it's long suffering to usward, usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's will is that all should come to repentance. We know that all won't. So if all should come to repentance, all should come to belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that all won't. Brother Glenn pointed that out. There is a broad way that leadeth to destruction. That's where most people are on, that broad way. We were on that path until we turned. Got on the narrow way. But we see there, this is the Father's will. This is the will of Him. That all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. That's his will. And if doing so, he's going to raise us up in the last day. What a blessing. When I stood there, we went back to, you know, how it is. I learned a whole lot about funerals, funeral homes, about a lot more. I should say more. I've learned a lot, but I actually... Interacted a little bit more with the um, funeral director. The uh, years ago, we went and uh, the previous funeral director, he's passed away now. He sat us down and went over some things as far as interaction with preachers and funeral directors and how it all put together. And then this new guy, he was great all the way through, and I was able to talk with him a little bit out in the uh, the foyer of the funeral home at visitation night. But you know how it is. You go to the funeral graveside service and after the minister, preacher, whatever, preaches or says the committal service and has a prayer and people are dismissed and then they'll say, you know, you know, they often walk up like this. You know, there'll be a reception or the church or whatever who are putting on a meal and there was one and it would give us about an hour or so and if you want to come back by and see the closed grave, then you can. It was one of those deals. We didn't go that day. I didn't. Uh, we went the next day before we left, after we went to the monument company. We went up there and walked up. The tent's gone. The, the mound of dirt replaced the hole in the ground. And the spray that was on the casket was there on top of the mound and you just kind of look at it and you look around. She is buried by her father, 
and her mother, her father and mother's here. She's laid to rest here. Brother Hall will be here. And then Mrs. Hall's grandparents will be on this side of her. We know we go to Pollard. I know some of you go down to the cemetery and look around. I've been down there and went to Brother Myers, seen where he's buried. And I know oftentimes visited by Miss Sherry and, and others. And Brother Glenn pointed out several of the graves one time with me down at Pollard. And we go down there and we look and, you know, and it was just a different feeling for me when I went this time. I just, because the, the blessed hope of the resurrection Amen. and the testimony of Sister Hall, what a blessing. And, and just to know, and, and I kind of alluded to it, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, well, I was maybe just thought, thought about it in my own mind, you know, about that getting up day. She is now, I mean, her, her father had a profession of faith. Her mother had a profession in Christ. Her grandmother, uh, yeah, it was her grandmother. Her grandmother, Mamma Odie, died at 99 years old. Dementia had set in in the nursing home. And we, I remember going with Mrs. Hall and Brother Hall to, to visit Mamma Odie and um, Granny, <laughs> Mamma Odie. And uh, they got on each side of the bed. I'm standing at the foot of the bed at the nursing home and and uh, Mrs. Hall spoke to us and said, Mamaw, she looked at her, and she said, remember me, I'm Brenda. And she kind of squinted like this, and she said, I used to know you, but I don't know you now. And then Brother Hall spoke to her on this side of the bed and said, Mamaw Odie, she, said, she looked over at him and said, this is Gary, your preacher boy. You know, uh, and then mentioned, you know, how he was related, married into the family. Taylor's son-in-law. And she squinted and she said, I used to know you, but I don't know you now. Her son's at the bed, bottom of the bed, same thing. And Brother Hall says, Mamma Odie? She said, yeah, honey, or whatever. I said, do you know Jesus? Oh, I know him. I'll never forget the day that... Uh, that you know, uh, uh, he became my savior. She said, I'll, you know, I've known him a long time. And, and she said, I'll never forget the day. And she, and she looked at Brother Hall and she said, and the world needs to know Jesus. Amen. Mama Odie's buried there, made a profession, heard her testimony. I think they asked her. No, it was another woman that we asked. It was 99. When she, uh, it was a funeral, um, a nursing home we used to go to, 99 years old, or maybe she was 100 at the time, we asked her when she got saved. She used to just shout when we were singing. She said she was saved at 13 years old and saved all those signs, all that length of time. What a blessing. They knew Jesus, had a testimony, but just uh, one of the things that's pointed out, then we which are alive, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then... We which are alive shall be changed, and then we're all going to go up. And one of the preachers, it was kind of brought out in conversation this time, that God, <laughs> they're going to get up, and then we are going to be changed. So there'll be almost like a family reunion before we all go up together. And I got to thinking about those thoughts, and I just thought about Mrs. Hall setting up and looking over, and there's Daddy getting up, and there's Mama getting up. Granny Odie getting up. I can't remember Odie's husband's name. What a blessing. Just getting up time. And that is a, that's the will of God in Christ Jesus. That we believe and that, that those that believe in him, that, that, that's the ones that God gave him, and then we're all going to be raised up at the last day. And that's God's will. He's not willing that anybody should perish. He wants that to happen to the whole world. Amen. That's God's will, but we have a will too. <laughs> we have a will to say no. We have a will to reject him. We have a will to not believe the scriptures, not believe the gospel. Agrippa, Festus, examples in the word of God. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Come some other more convenient time. And I'll hear you. Those times according to the scriptures never happened. They said no. 
Not now. I've got some living to do. I don't want to believe. We all have living to do. But we all have dying to do too. And what we've done with Jesus while we're living is going to make a difference when we're doing the dying. Then the Holy Spirit also exercises or works under the Father's will. Romans 8, 27, And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So in the Godhead, the Son and the Spirit both operate under the auspices of the Father's will. And that's example to us, how we ought to operate, and that's where we're going right now. We are to seek the will of God and be accepting of it, as I've already said. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. And then we see, the, and we have already mentioned that it's a difficult thing, but, and it's something to be learned. Paul had to learn this. We read in Philippians 4, verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now, the, that, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but, I lacked, but ye lacked opportunity. But now that I speak in respect of want, not that I speak, I'm sorry, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. And I want to just put it this way. Paul was saying, I've learned to be content in whatsoever state that I am. But Paul, he talks about the will. We'll see Paul is the will of God here in a minute in other areas of his life. But it's like Paul is saying, I know how to be abased in the will of God. You say, what? Think about it. I know how to be. I know how to abound in the will of God. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Paul was called an apostle by the will of God. So, let me just do it this way. Paul's understanding, so we are to live to the will of God. First Peter, Peter tells us, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that ye no longer should live the rest of this time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. We are to live to the will of God. And Paul, or yeah, Paul, understanding this in first uh, in first Corinthians. Now, when he was on the Damascus road after the Damascus road experience, and God talking to Ananias said, "Go and get Paul or Saul at the time," and he and he was going to show that Paul was a chosen vessel, Saul was a chosen vessel, and he was going to show him some suffering and how that he must suffer uh, and for his sake and how he was going to go to the Gentiles. And in Paul's sufferings, when he was in the deep, when he was beaten, when he was cast out, you know, left his dead and so on and so forth, he, he uh, was abased and he abounded, both in his physical, I mean, as far as his health and things like that goes. But then also, and he was dealing with finances here, sometimes he suffered need. But Paul here says he understood that it was God's will to be an apostle, and I could just go through these because he starts off many of his letters. First, uh, First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Second Peter 1 Peter 1.1, Paul an apostle, of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother. Ephesians 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. 
Colossians 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus. Paul, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. And, of course, Chris ain't here today, but I was thinking of him, and I was thinking of me, and, and other people that, me, and other men that I've heard of that's been called by God, it was not my, my will, my plan for my life, young people, listen. My plan for my life at 18 years old was, well, I don't have no money for college. If I want to get money for college, I go, uh, easiest way to do that, because moms are broke. <laughs> dad's, dad's broke. If I'm going to go to college, I'm going to have to pay for it myself, and the easiest way to help pay for myself is go to the Air Force or go to the military, and I went in the Air Force. So at 18, 17, yeah, 17 when I signed up, a delayed enlistment. And uh, so I went to my MEPS and took the oath the first time when I was 17 years old in November of 1984. In 1985, man, that's been all that. In 1985, went off the basic training, and in my mind, I would... You know, served 20 years in the Air Force, retired at 38, draw on a retirement, that's a pretty good deal. Draw monthly retirement like men that I work with do. And uh, then, you know, get a job on the outside and just keep on going. But God had different plans. God began to call me distinctively call me that he want, and, and revealed to me that he wanted me to preach. That was not my will. I, that was not on my radar. That was not in my plans. There are mama-called preachers and daddy-sent preachers and preacher-called preachers and so on and so forth. But then there are God-called preachers. Just like Paul, he acknowledged that he, his call as to be an apostle was the will of God, by the will of God, by the will of God, through the will of God, he says. I am an apostle by and through the will of God. I'm standing here before you, a preacher, by and through the will of God. Not of my own, not of my own doings. Church of Christ, I was raised in the Church of Christ every other weekend. You know the testimony. But to hear them talk, they chose the profession of ministry. And a lot of other denominations as well. They chose the ministry. They, so they go off to college and they learn the ministry. Amen. There's a difference. Amen. In choosing the profession and learning the, uh, the dynamics of it and being called of God. Paul was called. He had an understanding. Again, we are to, as I put it, we are to live to the will of, of God. And so Paul lived to the will of God as being a, 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 an apostle. Paul's example also concerning seeing the churches. He understood this, his example here. Paul says in Acts 20 or 18.20, and 21, when they desired him to tarry longer time with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will. I don't know that I'm coming back here, but if God will, I will. He says the same thing in Romans 1, making request that by any means now at length I might... Have a prosperous journey by the will of God come unto you. And as he ends Romans in 15, uh, 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may be with you, uh, with you be refreshed. He says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 4 and 16. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up but of pow the power. And 16, 7 for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. You know, we're to seek 
we are to live unto or to the will, according to the will of God, and yet live to the will of God. That's how we are to operate day by day, not only in our, in our calling, if you want to put it that. We're going to see service here in a minute. But then in just in general, we, we see it in James as well. You know the scripture, James 4, 10 through 14, actually 10 through 17. Uh, James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of God of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the his brother, I see, but if I knew I messed up there, I knew exactly what happened and when it happened. Thank you, computer. Thank you, Bible. All right. <laughs> All right, we're in that 11 here. <clears throat> and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye say. Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow... For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. For what ye ought to say, if the Lord will. That's where we, that's where we get that little phrase, Lord willing. Amen. Lord willing, I'll be there. If the Lord will, like Paul's example and James' example, if the Lord will, I'm going to do this or that. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to, uh, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And so we're to live that way. We're to, to understand and live that God may have different circumstances for us, a different path in life for us. I was going to be this. I was going to do that. I was going to marry this person. Thank God that he didn't let me marry some of the people that I said I was going to marry. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. That teenage stupidity, or whatever it's called. Puppy love. You know, you draw hearts on things and carve names and initials in the trees and you go back and scratch them out. Because that was not God's will. And what you thought, you wasn't even seeking God's will. 13, 14, 15, 16. I was seeking God's will. After I'd been rejected by those that I thought, then I said, okay, Lord, let's get you in on this. I didn't put it that way, but that's exactly what I did. I prayed after a rejection letter. Thank the Lord for the rejection letter. I'm glad she was smarter than I was. She said, it won't work out. Because you're Baptist and I'm Episcopalian. <laughs> that was number one. We're a different religion. It won't work out because of this. It won't work out because of that. It won't work out because of this. I said, okay. We'll still be friends. And then I prayed, Lord, send me a Baptist woman. <laughs> Lord, send me a woman that wants children. And so on, lots of children. And then I got sent out to Tucson, Arizona, and there she was. Long story, but there she was. Prayed for God to send me a wife, and he did. Has it been easy? No. But I sought God's will in a wife. As we ought to seek God's will in our spouses, in our, in our lives. It might not be that you do this or that. Paul had, Saul had a different agenda in his life. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I mean, he was up there in his, in his profession. But God said, no, I'm going to show him some things, what I want him to do. Amen. And he says, by God's will, I'm an apostle. By God's will, then uh, I, have, um, I have learned to be content in these things. So or by God's will, I'll come to you, or maybe I won't come to you. By God's will, I'll tarry if I'm there. 
and so on and so forth. And we ought to say, if it's the Lord's will that we're going to do these things, we are to seek his will. Let me see here where I'm at. All right. So, and understand and know that sufferings must come or might come. We see that it could be the will of God that we suffer. This is a lesson in our Christian walk that we have to learn both benefit and suffering are sometimes an act of God's will in our lives. We've seen that in Paul and his sufferings. We've seen that in Paul and his benefits. But we see it, Peter tells us, we went through Peter, 1 Peter 3, 14, but, but, And if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be ye not afraid of their terror, neither be ye troubled. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man. Uh, that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with a meekness with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evil uh, speak uh, evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if for it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well doing than for evil doing. Suffer if the will of God be so. Yes, we could suffer if it's the will of God. And again, being accepting of that, that's the hard thing. 1 Peter 4.19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Going back to Brother Rain's God loves us too much to do us wrong, and he's too wise to make a mistake. And we're to, when we suffer, commit ourselves unto a faithful creator. He loves us. We need to understand that. All right, and then let's see here. And then we are to exercise the will of God in our service. While we're in Peter, 1 Peter 2, submit yourselves to every, every ordinance of man. For the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness but as, a serv- as the servants of God. Ephesians 6 tells us pretty much the same thing. Paul writing, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. And be and uh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, doing the will of God, hmm, from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So we're we are to seek the will of God in our service, and he gives examples there, 1 Peter 2, and in Ephesians 6, we are to seek the will of God in our sanctification. 1 Thessalonians, I got two, one, sanctification and thanksgiving, we're done. Sanctification, that's kind of where we're going to be picking up. I know we'd get there, I, mean, I didn't see it until I seen it, and then I figured, well, we're still there. And we're going to head that direction, sanctification, I know on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday nights for sure. Furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that ye uh, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and so to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Hmm. Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. So it is the will of God, even out your sanctification, And then verse 7, for God hath not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. And, of course, he talks about, you know, the fornication and stuff there. And then, finally, thanksgiving. It is the will of God in everything. That's just tough. I've often said, how can I give thanks in this? 
in this situation, in this time, in this valley, in this trial, in this news. In everything, give thanks. Four, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I don't understand, but we are to give thanks. I've given the example of how I could give thanks in my mother's death because of the memories and the life and the things that she done for me while she was living. I can give thanks. I can give thanks for Mrs. Hall in her death because of her testimony and her example. And there was <laughs> her example. There was times that I've seen her bite her tongue literally. She wanted to say something, but she didn't. When I was wailing on her grand youngins with a switch about that long, and one time she spoke out of turn. I might have said this the other night. She spoke out of turn in front of other women there at the church. There, uh, I. Almost had what she said, but or what was said, but uh, she uh, she later come to me and apologized to me. Her example. I can thank God for her and her example and her testimony that we will one day see her again. And then you know, as as things come, and I don't know what tomorrow holds for me, but I know who holds tomorrow. And as it comes, God give me the grace to be thankful because that's the will of God. You know, and going back to Matthew chapter 6, I know that it doesn't exactly say, because again, this is all his beatitudes. But it kind of all goes together there in Matthew chapter 6. I was thinking along this line as I was uh, referencing and musing on Verse number 10, and of course, again, this is the, the Sermon on the Mount. He gives us the discourse there on prayer. He tells us in, in chapter, I'm sorry, verse number 10, that we ought to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then verse number 33, very familiar, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Again, changing our mind to the point where everything that we say or do, our being, we should seek His will. Thy will be done in my life. Yes, we try to raise our children. We try to guide them in certain ways in life. But ultimately, we should say, okay, son, okay, daughter. Let's just say son. Okay, son. You know, you may consider an education, you may consider this field of trade, you may go this way and that way and so on and so forth, but always factor in God's will. Seek what God wants you to be. If we will train our children that way and we will apply that to ourselves, what God wants you to do. I, I had to pray over that vehicle out there. In what I, you know, I was one of those. In fact, I even told Brother Tim shortly after we moved here. He was in my, my Yukon for some reason. And we're driving down the road, talking about my Yukon. Talking about how many miles is on it. And the conversation went, and I'm like, look, I'm going to drive it till it, the wheel, you know, it won't drive no more. And then, you know, the question come up about, okay, you've got... Family where? <laughs> that you might need to go to a funeral to? Where are they at? You got a dependable vehicle? So on and so forth. I began to pray. That wasn't just a that wasn't just an easy decision for me. Because I had the mindset I was going to drive it till it won't drive no more. <laughs> but he had a different wheel. And then I come in, got in it yesterday, take the trailer back, or a day before yesterday, whenever it was, 
And I was thankful that I listened. I prayed for the vehicle that I had. You know, we put, like I said, 1,970 miles on that trip. Now, could the Yukon have done it? Maybe. Maybe not without a breakdown or so on and so forth. I was thankful that he guided me in that, and he guided me to that so that I could put 1,970 miles on it without a worry. But I saw his will in the car that I bought. Saw his will in the woman that I married. Saw his will in a lot. And if we get to that mindset, I would like to do this, but is it your will, Lord? Every aspect of our life to live that way. Because we, again, are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then we are also to pray, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth or in earth as it is in heaven. Hopefully I haven't been too scattered, but help us to focus in on seeking God's will in every aspect of our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.